and we are recording Mr. Micah Dank. Today is Wednesday, June 15th, 2022 at 423 p.m. Eastern time. And um, so as you were just asking me before we started, have I heard of your work? And no, I have not. And I think that's going to kind of be what makes this one an interesting one is uh, a deviation from the norm and that I don't know what's about to happen. I don't know exactly what we're about to talk about, but I'm curious. So uh, with that, you have the floor, Mr. Dank. Please introduce yourself to, I guess, really to me and to all the listeners as well. Sure. Uh, You can hear me, right? Yep. Yeah. So my name is Micah, Micah Dank. Um, I've kind of reached out to everybody on uh, Twitter for their podcast. I've done 180 different shows, 375 different podcasts about this topic in the last two years. And I just want to bring it to new people. It's something called astrotheology. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with astrotheology, but it's basically the mythology between this, behind the Zodiac. Okay. You still there? Yeah. Okay, so it's the mythology behind the Zodiac and how it applies to, let's say, the Bible. Okay. I've decoded other, uh, I've decoded other texts outside of the Bible, other holy books too with it. Uh, but I'm going to teach it to you. I'm going to teach you this basic stuff. We're going to go through about 10 or 12 different uh, books of the Bible real quick. I'm going to show you how it applies. I'm going to show you how it's the, uh, it's literally the, um, <clears throat> it's literally the basis of the Bible. You know. Okay. So let me just start by sharing because I know we, we don't have a lot of time. So I start by saying, employ your time in improving yourself by other men's writings so that you shall come easily by what others have labored hard for. That's Socrates. Now, I've studied the Bible for 30 years. I've also studied esotericism and um, occult for 20. And I studied and taught astrotheology for 10. I actually teach this at an online school. Now, it's important to know right away that the Bible is made up of what is known as the seven holy sciences, okay? The scriptures are metaphysical, astrological, anatomical, alchemical, spiritual, esoteric, and mythology. I just touch on astrotheological. So what I'm going to teach you today is only one-seventh of the picture, okay? I do not have all the answers. I am not as well-versed in these topics as I am with astrology. So what I'm doing is I'm giving you the one that has the um it dates back the furthest and it's the most prevalent through the bible okay the bible is not literal historical religion uh reality or original okay it's important and we're going to show you that now this is the zodiac with uh, you've seen it before right mm-hmm. <clears throat> with capricorn at the bottom and cancer on top this is how the zodiac wheel should be okay now astrotheology goes back seventeen thousand years to something called the lascaux caves Okay, the Lascaux Caves are these caves in France, in Lascaux, France. That's why they're called the Lascaux Caves. Now, these specific caves, uh, people, uh, a bunch of teenagers, a couple teenagers went into these caves and they started exploring and they went to the back of the cave. And when they went to the back, here, an article that says the Lascaux Cave paintings are 17,000 years old and world's oldest cave paintings show humans understood complex astronomy 40,000 years ago. When they went to the back of the cave wall, they saw things like this scrabbled into the wall. You see the two bulls on the top. You see the, the many faces of the lions on the right, and you see the horse at the bottom. 
Now, they very quickly found out astrologically that the bull was Taurus, the lion was Leo, and the horse is Sagittarius. It's just missing the guy with the bow and the arrow. What they did was they carbon dated the wall and it came out to about 17,000 years. Now, a lot of religious people will come out and tell you that carbon dating is not accurate. And I have to give them half credit because, to be honest with you, the religious people that say that is true. Carbon dating is actually accurate up to 50,000 years. But when you start to get into the hundreds of thousands and millions, it's completely useless. Then you got to start using uranium datings. You got to start using different carbon datings. They found these. And then what they did was they brought in an astronomer and an astrologer with a computer because we have computers so we can do this now, what I'm about to tell you. What they did was they rewound the sky back 17,000 years from their location in Lascaux, France, to see what the sky looked like. They printed it out and they superimposed it. And all these constellations were exactly where they were lined up. Okay. Okay. So they've known about this for 17,000 years. Okay. Okay. Um, So that's basically that. Now there's questions you can ask in the Bible, how Jesus was able to heal the blind, how he walked on water, how he turned water into wine, why he had 12 disciples, why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, why he was dead for three days, why is his birthday on December 25th? All these are known things about Jesus. Now, all of them happen to also be astrology, and I'm going to show you that, okay? Genesis 1.14 says, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, the days, and the years. And that's basically what the Bible is encoded in, okay? Now, in order to understand how the Zodiac shows in the Bible, what I have to do is go through the 12 signs with you, okay? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach you keywords that represent each sign then we're going to use that cipher to break down the bible okay okay it's actually quite simple but if you've never heard it before i'll try and break it down very easily so i start with aquarius even though the year starts with aries okay i start with aquarius because that's kind of our new year it's right around the new year the first sign is aquarius which is represented by the man with the water pitcher pouring it out it's the story of zeus and the young boy Okay, it's uh, it goes back to the Greek times, Aquarius. Now, what happened with the with uh, Zeus and the young boy? The story behind it is Zeus saw a fourteen year old blonde, beautiful man or boy on Earth that he wanted in heaven with him, and the father wouldn't give him. So, you know, Zeus bargains with him, starts giving him animals, starts giving him land, gives him everything. He lets the sun go up. The sun's up in heaven, and he's feeding the gods with this pitcher. Okay, with something called ambrosia in it, okay, which was the nectar of the gods. I'm sure people have heard of that. Um, we, we have it as a tangerine whipped cream salad here. That's all ambrosia really is, but it was actually what the gods drank. Okay, he would feed the gods out of his pitcher. One day he got fed up doing it. He was just tired of doing it day in and day out. He goes to the side of heaven and he pours it out, just like in this picture. Just like in this picture, pours it out and it floods the earth. That's why the Greeks have the flood story. Okay, that's their flood story. Okay. <clears throat> Zeus is mad at him, but instead of punishing him, what he does is he make, he immortalizes him as the constellation Aquarius because he realizes he brought him up to heaven. He did this. He did that. Um, he shouldn't have. And that's basically it. So whenever you hear the word son of man or man, because Aquarius is the sign of the man, whereas um, Virgo is the sign of the woman. Whenever you hear baptism, because this is how you baptize someone is a man with a water pitcher. Okay, water pitcher, fountain, stream, river, pond, lake, ocean, sea, things that are uh, water-based, bodies of water, Um, that would be Aquarius. Now, Pisces is actually a mutable water sign. Okay, so Pisces is actually a water sign. 
uh, whereas Aquarius is actually uh, an air sign. Um, Pisces being the sign of the water, the two fish in the water, all the same water applies, stream, river, pond, lake, sea, ocean. Okay. Now to figure out which one of these two they're talking about, you have to see the patterns being made throughout the Zodiac. Aries is the Ram and in Aries, you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's a 12 hour day, 12 hour night. It's also the Passover or the passing over of the sun over the equator and back on its way up to its height in summer solstice. In Judaism, the Passover is when the angel of death passes over everyone that doesn't have the lamb or the ram, Aries, the ram, that doesn't have the ram's blood, the Jews are the people of Aries, doesn't have the ram's blood smeared on their doorposts, the firstborn son gets killed. In Christianity, it's no longer the Passover, but it's called the resurrection of God's son, or you have uh, Easter, okay? Passover and Easter always take place in Aries. It's the start of the year. So whenever you hear ram, lamb, shepherd, ram's horn, because remember, the Jews are the people of Aries. That's why they blow the ram's horn to the sky during the holidays, okay? Uh, if you hear those words, that's talking about Aries. Then Taurus is the bull. And when you look at the sky and you see Taurus during the season where it's supposed to be, you know that you need to put the plow on the bull so that you can plant the seeds so you can harvest in Virgo and Libra, which I'll get to. So whenever you hear bull, ox, calf, or cow, cow being the feminine, the female bull, they're talking about Taurus. Then Gemini is the twins. It's the story of Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy. It's the story of Achilles. So whenever you're talking about twins or brothers, they're talking about Gemini. Cancer is the crab, and the, the crab moves like this. It's a sideways moving creature. We don't move like that. We move front and back. We move diagonal. We don't shuffle side to side unless you're doing a sports drill. Um, whereas, can't, whereas the crab does that, okay? So what happens is the sun, starting on December 25th, will rise a degree on its axis. The next day, an additional degree. The next day, additional degree. The days are getting longer. The nights are getting shorter, okay? When it hits June 21st, that's the summer solstice. When it hits the summer solstice, what it does is that's the height. That's its height. It doesn't. The sun doesn't rise higher than that. It's the longest day of the year. Then what it does is for three consecutive days, it walks sideways like the crab and stays at that height. Then on June 25th, it drops a degree, and then it continues to drop a degree every day, more and more and more. Now, what's happening is um, the sun is, is staying out less, and the mm -hmm. night is longer. Okay. Now, when it hits December 21st, that's the winter solstice. The ancients would look out and see that the sun didn't cross the horizon. Okay. So they said that the sun was dead. And then it walks sideways like the crab for three days, like in June. Okay. So suddenly God's son was dead for three days. And then he comes back to life on December 25th on the day of his birth, the resurrection, where it climbs another degree. So whenever you hear crab or beetle, beetle being the ancient Egyptian version of the crab, the scarab, they're talking about cancer. Then the next sign is Leo, who's the king, the lion, the king of the jungle. The ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. So whenever you're talking about lion, lioness, or cub, you're talking about Leo. Virgo is the woman holding the wheat stalk. So remember before when we said that you plant in Taurus? Well, the virgins would cultivate the wheat in Virgo in order to make the bread for the year. So whenever you hear virgin, wheat, grain, seed, barley, corn, grainy things, things that you harvest, that's always done during Virgo. Libra is the justice. It's the scales. It's the balance. It's the just one. The reason it's the justice is because it judges God's son as it passes over the fall equinox and begins its descent into winter, into cold, into death. 
Libra is also wine season. So when you plant for the grapes in Taurus, you press the wine in Libra. Ask any Italian, September, October, that's when you press the grapes. That's when the vineyards are full of grapes. That's when you press it. Okay, so now you've got all the law stuff because it's the justice, the judgment. You have law, judge, justice, the just one, divorce, marriage, court. You have wine, vineyard, wine press, grapes, because that's wine. So it's law and wine. It's also olive oil season. You press the olives during Libra. Okay. Incidentally, frankincense and myrrh are both olive oil plants as well. Okay. Now, Scorpio is the scorpion and he's the betrayer. When a scorpion bites you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like a pair of lips. It's why the mafia has the kiss of death. And it's why Jesus was betrayed by Judas with a kiss. The sun is judged in Libra and it's betrayed in Scorpio. Finally, in Sagittarius, this is where the bow and the arrow shoot the sun to inflict further punishment on the sun. This is when the sun dies. And I mentioned that the last day of Sagittarius is December 21st. That's the day of death. That's the day the sun doesn't rise above the horizon. So whenever you hear horse, bow and arrow, spear or horseman, you're talking about Sagittarius. Finally, you have Capricorn, the goat, because he likes to climb the mountain. And if you look at the zodiac wheel on the right, Capricorn's at the bottom. Now, if you put a sun there, okay, that being the summer, the winter solstice, and you start climbing a degree alongside the wheel every day, as the sun does on its way back to the top of Cancer, okay, it starts to climb in Capricorn, okay, it climbs the mountain, just like the goats, the mountain goats, if you've ever seen them, they climb mountains, they can mm-hmm. climb a ledge straight up. Yeah, the, the so that's I- why that's... The ibex yes. or ebex or whatever it is. Yes, the ebex. Yes, so that's why, or the mountain goats. Yeah, so that's why that's the cat. That's Capricorn. So those are the twelve signs, and I've given you the key words that we're going to use. Okay. So, do you have any questions? Did you not know any of that? Is that new? Uh, I didn't know most of that, but that was a that, that was a brilliantly simple uh, explanation. Thank you. Kudos. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Now, there's words given to Jesus in church. There's names given to him. Lamb of God, the Good Shepherd, the Lion of Judah. When the son is in Capricorn, his name is the scapegoat of Israel, the goat Capricorn. When the son is in Aquarius, the man, he's known as the son of man. When the son is in Pisces, the two fish, he's known as the fisherman of men. It's also why he could feed the masses with the two fish. When the sun is in Aries, he's the Lamb of God or the Good Shepherd. When the sun is in Leo, he's known as the Lion of Judah. The lady holding the stalk of wheat, Virgo, he's born of a virgin and he's called the Bread of Life. Libra is the Scales of Justice. He's known as the Just One. Then he's betrayed in Scorpio. He dies in Sagittarius on December 21st. And it's also why he's worshipped on the Sun Day. If you look at any picture of Jesus, okay, I want to show you the following stuff. The sun is always behind his head. His two fingers are up or always like this. The heart and the crown of thorns is always outside the body. Okay. The um, face of Jesus, that white face with the beard and uh, the white and the red robe. Okay. So remember how I mentioned that the Bible is also alchemical. Mm -hmm. Well, the white and the red robe represents the, um, the red King and the white queen. Okay. That's alchemy. Okay. In, um, you basically can call it uh, mercury and sulfur, the red and the white. Okay. So that's what that is. So the Bible is also a chemical. Now the sun is always behind Jesus because he represents the sign. Sun, find me one picture on the internet where they're depicting Jesus, where the sun is not behind his head. Even as an infant in the manger, it's the same thing. Now the two fingers up are an ancient comedic peace sign. This is the ancient 
Egyptian peace sign. This is the original peace sign. So whenever you see Baphomet doing this, or you see Lucifer or Satan, or you see any of these people doing this, they're telling you they're peaceful. This is actually um, a British war sign. It's the V for victory. victory these yeah. are separate. This is the Churchill peace sign. It's not a peace sign. That's the war sign. This is the original symbol. And that's why Jesus always is like this or like this. It's always two fingers up. Now, the white Jesus picture, his face is actually a guy named Caesar Borgia who was the bastard son of Pope Alexander VI. Before then, there was no picture of him, and it was decided his picture would be the face of. Okay, so Caesar Borgia um, was a horrible, horrible person. He killed his brother. He slept with his sister. He was, he was a hot mess, okay? But his facial features and the beard and all that uh, became the basis for the pictures of Jesus because before this, there were no pictures of him. Now, the crown of thorns wrapped around the heart on the outside, and the heart is always on the outside. If you ever look at pictures of Jesus, why is the heart on the outside? It represents the toroidal field of the human body, okay? The um, rays of the sun is what represents the crown of thorns, okay? Because you have the sun, Jesus, the sun, and then you have the crown of thorns, which are the rays. These are all pictures of Jesus, all with the sun, all with the heart outside the body. In the second picture, you'll see sometimes is a Knights Templar cross in the sun, but it's the same thing. Jesus is the son. Okay. If you look at pictures of baby Jesus, these are all in the manger. You'll see the animals. You'll see those two lambs. Okay. That's Aries, the ram. You'll see the lamb. You'll see all the animals there. You'll see the donkey. You'll see that's another star. Um, the North star Polaris is always visible in every picture. Jesus, the son, always the sun behind his head. Okay. This is the toroidal field. This is what it looks like. It's an electromagnetic field of the heart. Okay. And what it is, is it comes outside of you like this and it goes around you six feet. Okay. It has a six foot range. That's why the elites tried to keep you six feet apart during this pandemic, because it was so that you couldn't physically interact with anyone. Now, Tommy, if someone came up behind you, you would know that they were there. You just get a feeling you're not psychic. They just broke your toroidal field. Okay. It's a measurable thing. Some people call it an aura. There's names for it. When they interact with each other, this is what it looks like. So you see, they make ripple waves in front of each other. Okay, that's how you know someone's near you. You're sharing energies. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is a picture of Jesus. And this is an early, early drawing of Caesar Borgia on the right. Now, it's not an exact match, but you can see where the face comes from. Okay. Before the Shroud of Turin was discovered in 525 AD, almost all paintings and drawings of Jesus were shown as a beardless young man. That changed during the Shroud of Turin. And then it was maximized during uh, Caesar Borgia when he was there. So I've gone through a bunch of just preparatory stuff right now. I could start go going into some of the decodings. Have you, are you familiar with the phrase pride comes before the fall? I've heard it. Can you explain it? Sounds like uh, if you don't check your ego, you're bound to crash and burn. Exactly. Well, right. that's how that's how that's how you take it if you read the Bible literally. Okay. If you read it astro theologically encoded, what's a group of lions called? Pride. A group of lions is called the pride. Pride is the lion. Lion is Leo. Leo is in July and August. That comes before the fall. Yeah. Okay. So that's how it comes astro theologically. Now this one is from Micah five two, my namesake. But you, Bethlehem Ephrata, though you're on each one of the zodiac houses is called a sign is called a house or a mansion, or a there's different names for it, an eon, an age. There's different names for it in the Bible. But you, Bethlehem Ephrata, though you are small among the clans of Judah, 
Out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. However, in Hebrew, Bethlehem is a combination of two words. Bet, which means house, and lechem, which means bread. So the house of bread. I just told you that each zodiac sign is called a house. So what would the house of bread be? It would be Virgo, the lady with the wheat stalk. Okay? So what they're really saying is the Savior will come from a virgin. That's how you interpret it astrotheologically. Okay? Now, the next one is Deuteronomy 32. Okay? Let's count all the signs. He gave them honey from the cliffs and olive oil. We know that's Libra from the ground, from the rocky ground. He gave his people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. He gave them lambs. We know that's Aries. And goats. We know that's Capricorn, the goat. They had the best rams. That's Aries, the ram, from Bashan and the finest wheat. The wheat is Virgo, okay, the lady with the wheat stalk. They drank the best wine made from the juice of red grapes. Well, that's Libra again. That's when you press the wine. But Jeshon became fat and kicked like a bull. So the bull is Taurus, the bull. Now, there's two I didn't go over here with you. He gave them honey from the cliffs. In the sign Cancer, there's a group of stars called the Beehive Cluster. Okay, so that's where the honey comes from. All right. Um, and as far as the milk from the flock, that comes from the Milky Way galaxy, which has been called the Milky Way galaxy as far back as the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Okay. Now, the Milky Way galaxy centers in Sagittarius. So your land from the Beehive Cluster, Cancer, to Sagittarius, the Milky Way, that's your land of milk and honey, astrotheologically. It's not a place on Earth. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Mount of Olives. So now I'm going to show you how we use the wheel to decode things. Jesus led his disciples to the Mount of Olives after his last Passover so that he could teach them a few more things. Pray, then wait for Judas to betray him. While walking to the Mount of Olives, he gave the parable of the true vine. Now, it's important, not only like the previous one that I gave you, the zodiac signs are all over the place. More often than not, what you'll find is they'll make patterns. Um, What's your sign, by the way? I don't know. I was born in August. So you're a Leo then. Okay. So your two signs or your two neighboring signs are Cancer and Virgo, as you can see here. Your opposing sign is Aquarius because it's right across from it. Okay. Okay. You're going to see this pattern happening a lot. Passover takes place in Aries. Okay. So find Aries on the Zodiac wheel. It's all the way on the left. Uh Well, right after that, he walks to the Mount of Olives. Well, I made sure that Olives were in Libra. So that's a cross sign. So you go from Aries to Libra. They're in Libra. They're waiting for Judas to betray him. Well, I told you the betrayal happens in Scorpio. So you go from Aries to Libra. Scorpio is the next sign over. Okay, so you have the opposing sign and then the connecting sign. Now, while they're in Libra, he gives the parable of the true vine. And the vine or vineyard or wine press, whatever you want to call it, still has to do with Libra. Are you starting to see how this kind of works? Because it just gets deeper from here. Mm -hmm. I'm following. Okay. Genesis 1-7, and God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. The firmament are the dividing lines between the zodiac signs. A lot of people like to say that it's a dome over a flat earth. It's not. It's a dividing line between the zodiac signs. You can see it right here in this picture. Some people call them cusps. Some people call them handover dates. There's different words for it. But what it is, is it's a three-day time period where one sign hands over the energy to the next sign. Okay. So the two waters are Aquarius and Pisces. So divided the waters, the firmament, the midline, which separated the firmament from above the water, from below the water. Okay. 
Now, let me jump to Revelation. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. The first living creature was like a lion. That's Leo. The second was like an ox. That's Taurus. The third had a face like a man. That's Aquarius. The fourth was like a flying eagle. In astrology, the Scorpio scorpion is the belly crawling creature. It's the lowest form of life on earth. Its evolved form is the eagle. And the eagle's evolved form is the phoenix. So the eagle becomes Scorpio. Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, and Scorpio are the four fixed signs of the zodiac. The reason they're called fixed signs is because they're fixed in the season. If you look at Leo, that's right in the, right where you are, your birthday, that's right in the middle of summer. Taurus is the middle of spring. Aquarius is the middle of winter. And the eagle or Scorpio is the middle of the fall. Okay, so now let me read this one more time. Revelation 4, 7. People actually read this and think there's going to be a four-headed monster in the sky towards end of days. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Okay, lion, Leo, the man, Aquarius, those are opposing signs. Ox, Taurus, eagle, Scorpio, those are opposing signs. When you take this simple pattern, this this, this simple uh, scripture, and you plot it on the zodiac wheel, it makes an X like this. Okay, so that's how you interpret it. That's how you understand what it is. It's not literally going to be a four-headed monster in the sky. That's not what it is. They're literally talking about the four fixed signs, and it makes a pattern on the zodiac wheel. Like I mentioned to you, they make patterns. Mm-hmm. Even Ezekiel, Ezekiel 10, 14, Ezekiel's wheel is the zodiac. The four cherubim, four points in the zodiac, spring equinox, fall equinox, Aries, Libra, winter and summer solstice, Capricorn, Cancer. Each of the cherubim had four faces. One was the face of a cherub, the second, the face of a human being, the third, the face of a lion, the fourth, the face of an eagle. It's the same thing. They're talking about the same four things. So Ezekiel's wheel, people say it's a hallucinogenic trip. It's actually, well, it might be that, but it's actually the four fixed signs again. Now, keeping with Revelation, I'm going to read you another one that people fear. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and 10 horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. People actually believe there's going to be a pregnant woman in the sky and there's going to be a dragon attacking her. They, they think this, all this kind of stuff is going to come at the end of days. You know, now watch this. A woman clothed with the sun is the sun clothed in Virgo. It's just a fancy way of saying the sun is in Virgo. It's a metaphor. The Bible is a deeply encoded book. If the sun is in Virgo, the moon will be at her feet. So we have, let's let's look at this real quick. We have 12 zodiac signs. Okay. We have a 24 hour day clock. So the sun spends two hours a day in each one. Okay. Now, if you look at Capricorn being midnight to two. Okay. Um, and you add two hours for each sign. If it goes to Virgo, the woman, where is it? That's between four and 6 PM when the sun is in Virgo. Okay. So if the sun is out, the moon is at her feet. It's a metaphor. I mean, not literally, it's just a metaphor, right? Because when the moon is out, the sun is literally at her feet, right? Mm -hmm. So another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous dragon. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. The constellation on the left is a depiction of the constellation Draco, which is the dragon. Its tail goes from Aries to Sagittarius, which is four twelfths of the signs or one third out of the sky. So I ask you, Tommy, which, which interpretation sounds a little bit more realistic? To what they're trying to depict in the Bible. 
No, I, 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 I like, I like yours. That yeah, the moon or the sun is at the feet of the moon when they're both out. Right. Revelation seven four. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, one hundred and forty four thousand from all the tribes of Israel. This one is interesting because uh, I think it's the um, the Mormons or or the um, Jehovah's Witnesses. I think it is that, that and a lot of religious Christians believe that only 144,000 people get to go to heaven. The idea is only 144,000 people total get to go to God. Okay. And that's predetermined. Okay. So either billions of people have lived and only 144,000 go to heaven. Or there are seven chakras. You're familiar with the chakras, right? Mm -hmm. The root has four petals. The sacral has six. The solar plexus has 10. The heart has 12 and the throat has 16, which equals 48. The third eye chakra is represented by 96 and only has two petals because it's two times as powerful as the lower chakras. So 48 times two equals 96. The crown chakra is a thousand times more powerful than the lower six chakras. When you add the lower six, you get 96 plus 48 equals 144. You times that by a thousand by the crown, the pineal chakra, and you get your 144,000. What they're saying is when you've activated all your chakras, Okay, that's when you get to go see God. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, so do you see how deeply encoded this is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let oh. me let me read this to you real quick because we're 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 catching up. John Dominic Croissant said, My point once again is not that those ancient people told literal stories and we are now smart enough to take them symbolically, but that they told them symbolically and we are now dumb enough to take them <laughs> literally. Okay. And that's basically what this is. That's basically what this is. Um for example, Matthew 10, 16, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Well, you can read that as a literal statement, but the sheep is Aries, okay? And the wolf is the constellation Lupus who borders the Libra line. Look at this pattern it makes when you talk about the sheep and the wolves. It makes a very iconic pattern in the Zodiac. So I've given examples of astrotheology in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. I've been accused of cherry-picking verses from the Bible to prove a point. Let's take a much longer passage and see if we can decode it as well. You familiar with the book of Job? Yeah, the tested, right? Yeah, yeah. Can you give a quick rundown for your listeners of who he was and what the story was? And if you need help, I will jump in. Uh, he... He had God test his faith, so God just kind of like kept screwing up his life, kept throwing challenges at him, right? Like killed his kids, burned his house, or... Well, what basically happened, what basically happened was Satan came to God and said the only reason he's faithful... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Satan Te- test, yeah. He says the only reason he's faithful is because he's given you... Uh, you have all this land, you have all these animals, you have family, you have a wife, you have money. Yeah. He'll start taking that away, he'll curse you. So God takes the bet. Uh, and he actually tells the, the devil, he says, you can do whatever you want to him, but you cannot take his life from him. So the devil's like, fine. And he starts doing all this stuff, right? Now, at what point he starts really getting down on himself, Job, and he's basically sitting on a stone and he's crying up to heaven, right? He's crying up to heaven and he's begging God to answer him. What I'm going to read you is God's answer. Now, the first line is direct scripture. The second line that I explain is the explanation from which star system or whatever it's going to be from, okay? okay? Job 38, 32. Can you lead forth the Maseroth? The Maseroth is the Zodiac. Maseroth over time becomes the Mazalot, 
which survives in Judaism today as Mazel Tov. And you've heard that word before, Mazel Tov. And you know how old that is. You can only imagine how old Maseroth is. Maseroth literally translates to the Zodiac. And Mazel Tov literally means good fortune from the stars. So what is the Lord's challenge to Job? He says, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? These are the type of uh, open-ended metaphors that I was talking about before, whereas the other ones were hidden. This one's out in the open, right? Because they're openly talking about star systems. But then they start to hide them. Can you bring forth the constellation in their season or lead out the bear with its cubs? The constellations are the zodiac above. The bear and its cubs are Ursa Major, the great bear, and Ursa Minor, part of the Big Dipper. Who can tip over the water jars of heaven? Well, the water jar of heaven, who tips it over? That's Aquarius. That's the man. We went over that story. Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger for the lions? That's Leo. Who provides food for the raven? That's the constellation Corvus, which means raven and borders on Virgo. Do you watch when the doe bears her fawn? Mriga, meaning deer, is located in Orion. Who let the wild donkey go free? That's the constellation Acellus Borealis, which means donkey and is located in Cancer. You see where I'm going with this, right? Okay. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? That's Taurus, obviously. The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully. Lambda Achille or Al-Thaliman, which means two ostriches in Arabic. You give the horse its strength. It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side along with the flashing spear and lance. Well, that's just Sagittarius, the man on the horse with the bow and the arrow, the quiver. That's that's where you put the arrows. Does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? That's Aquila, which is the Latin name for eagle and is a constellation a few degrees above the celestial equator. Finally, he says, can you pull in Leviathan with a fish hook? Well, Leviathan was a fish god, anyone that knows that. So that's Pisces. So you see how it doesn't matter what book I jump to or what passage I read or what I do, that it's all just encoded astrology. Mm-hmm. Now, remember early how I told you that it's only one seventh of the whole story? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what it basically is. Let me do. Let me show you something from Psalms real quick. Okay. Psalms 104. He sends forth springs in their valleys. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle. And wine, which makes man's heart glad, so that he may make his face glisten with oil. The high mountains are for the wild goats. He made the moon for the seasons. The sun knows the place of its setting. The young lions roar after their prey. So at this point, you can probably see a couple of them, right? When they bring it out. The springs are Aquarius. The wild donkeys are Celis Borealis, which I just taught you, which is in Cancer. The cattle is Taurus the bull. The wine is Libra. And the oil is Libra, too, because remember, you press the olives and you press the wine during Libra. That's when you make your wine for the year. The wild goats are Capricorn. The moon for the season and the sun knowing the place of its setting is openly talking about the sun and the moon. So the lions roaring after their prey are Leo. Now, I'm staying with Psalms, and I'm just going to read you another one. Psalm 147. He gives to the beast its food and to the young ravens which cry. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He does not take pleasure in the legs of the man. He makes peace in your borders. He satisfies you with the finest of the wheat. He gives snow like wool. So the ravens are the constellation Corvus. The horse is Sagittarius. The man is Aquarius. The wheat is Virgo. And the wolves from the sheep are Aries. Okay. Now, answers to the questions at the beginning. Remember how you told you Jesus was the solar deity of the Piscean Age? He's the son of God, not the S-O-N. He's the S-U-N. How Jesus was able to heal the blind. Well, according to the story, the blind man came up and Jesus licked his fingers and touched his eyes and he could see, right? Well, the sun does the same thing, okay? It's light outside right now. So the sun is touching my eyes. I can see. But when the sun goes down, 
and it's not touching my eyes. I don't have the gift of sight. I can't see far. I need lamps. I need, I need street lamps to be able to see down the road. I need stars, mm-hmm. which we don't even have because of all this light pollution. Um, so yeah. Um, how he walked on water. Okay. Jesus supposedly walked on water. Well, the sun does that. If you've ever gone fishing at night before, you could see the sun crossing the water. Mm-hmm. Also, also Christos in Greek means anointed one. That's oil. Now, does oil not also walk on water? It's a double entendre. You see how deep these get? Mm-hmm. Okay. How he turned water into wine. This is not a parlor trick. Okay. This is a process that happens with the sun and the earth. Mm-hmm. The reason God is considered a man and mother earth is considered a woman has to do with one thing. And only one thing It has to do with God's reign. Okay. The Hebrew word for it is shemen. We get the word semen from it. It's God's sacred fluid. Because what literally happens, Tommy, you got to think about it like this, is God, when it rains, comes on earth, Mm -hmm. comes down onto earth. And then from her belly, from that seed, things grow. Mm -hmm. Okay? Okay. So now, April showers bring May flowers. That's in Taurus. Taurus is the bull. You plant when you see the bull. You put the plow on the bull. We have machinery that does it now. But back in the day, thousands of years ago, they used the bull. That's Mm -hmm. why it's in there. Okay, so April showers bring May flowers. That's Taurus. That's the bull. It rains and it rains and it rains. You plant the grapes and then it rains. And then come come uh, Libra time, you pick the grapes and you crush them into wine. That's how you turn God's water into wine. Okay. It's a process. Right. Yeah. Okay. Why he had 12 disciples. We went over this. Um, each one of them is a, each one of them represents one of the zodiac signs. I'll just give you a few examples. John the Baptist would be Aquarius, the man with the water pitcher. Makes sense. Okay. Judas would be Scorpio, the betrayer, right? Okay. And the third one would be uh, Simon Peter. Okay. Your name is Tommy, right? Or Thomas or Tom. Mm-hmm. There's different names that we can call you that make sense within your name. Okay. But Simon to Peter doesn't make sense unless you understand astrology. Okay. This gets a little deeper into it. Okay. But what you need to understand is that Simon becomes Peter. Okay. Simon's job was a fisherman. So which is the fish? That's Pisces, the two fish. Well, what's the ruling planet of Pisces? The last I checked is Jupiter or Jew Peter. They do a lot of play on words. They do a lot of, it's a lot of esotericism too. So now the science only works for the people in the Northern hemisphere. And there's a reason for that. Okay. Which makes sense, right? Because um, in Libra, when you pull the grapes in the Southern hemisphere, that's actually the spring. That's when you grow them. Everything is backwards. June 21st, the summer solstice is actually the winter solstice in Australia and New Zealand. And the reason that it's all worked from the North, Tommy, is because the Jews, the Christians, and the Muslims all came from the Northern hemisphere, even the Egyptians, Yes, Egypt is part of Africa, but yes, it is. It's in the Northern Hemisphere, so that's how they created the science. If the religions came from the South, it would be backwards, mm-hmm. okay, and it would need to be refigured out too. So, it doesn't stop there. It's not just random passages in the Bible that could be decoded this way. Do you have fifteen minutes for me so that I can go through the Book of Matthew and show you how deep this goes? Yeah, yeah, we can do another fifteen. Then, yeah, and absolutely, and. We'll absolutely do a part two to go through the rest of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm what do you what do you think so? What do you think so far? Usually I can I'm enjoying I'm enjoying it. I I I 
I, the podcast has no niche. I interview everyone from doctors to astronauts to Delta Force assassins to construction workers to artists. So I enjoy everything. I'm enjoying it. Okay. All right, good. I can't, I can't give you more of a thumbs up than that. I, I'm enjoying it. That's fine. Um, no, no, I mean, like, that's like the ceiling of like thumbs up I give to people. I'm enjoying it. No, 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 no. I, oh, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Um, okay. So can we, can we pause this real quick since this isn't going live so I can go pee real quick? Oh, yeah. Cause I got to go too. So perfect. All right, beautiful. <laughs> all, right, all right. I'll be right back. All right. And we're back. And we're back. So it doesn't stop there. It's not just random passages in the Bible that could be decoded this way. I'm going to take a full gospel with you right now. And I'm going to go through it line by line and show you how it's just making patterns. Okay. Now, on the left is the Zodiac Wheel, so you could follow along. I've also highlighted in red the section where we're talking about so you can keep track. I will keep reminding you of the keywords and uh, for what they represent. Matthew 3, 2, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Each gospel begins at one of the four major points of the Zodiac and ends at one of them as well. The two solstices and the two equinox when connected form a cross. This is known as the cross of God's son. Son, the kingdom of heaven is Leo, whose ruling planet is the sun. It's the only sign that the sun rules over. So it's a metaphor. The closest of the four gospel points is June 21st in Cancer. Okay, so this is where the gospel starts. This is the firmament. I've mentioned the firmament. You see these dividing lines between the signs? Mm-hmm. Those are the three-day periods where they hand over. Their energies kind of collude. They mix within that three-day period. This is the firmament between Cancer and Leo. It's the beginning of the kingdom. There's a saying in the Bible that says the firmament shows God's handiwork. Okay? Matthew 3, 4. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. So if I were to just read you that passage, you would think that the camel hair clothing and eating locusts stood out, right? Mm-hmm. If we take the most famous drawing of a man, Leonardo da Vinci's Vitruvian man, and superimpose it onto the Zodiac, it can make sense. Now, I'm using the Vitruvian man just because it's the most famous drawing. Yeah. Okay? I could literally take a picture of you doing this. Sure. Okay? All right? So I understand 100% this was not encoded this way using the Vitruvian man. I'm just using it to make a point, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I got you. Yeah, no, it's not it's not saying that there's a Da Vinci code. It's just yeah, it's a right. It's a recognizable anatomical figure. So cancer being the head is why he eats wild honey. In cancer, there's a star cluster called the beehive cluster. These produce honey. Now Leviticus eleven, what's clean and unclean to eat? All flying insects that walk on all fours are to be regarded as unclean by you. There are, however, some flying insects that walk on all fours that you may eat, those that have jointed legs for hopping on the ground, of those you may eat any kind of locust, katydid, cricket, or grasshopper. So there's the locust. There's why locust is a food, number one. Number two, you'll also know that places like the World Economic Forum and things like that of that they want nation. want you to eat the bugs. <laughs> they want you to eat the bugs, and it's biblical, my friend. Yeah, yeah. It's biblical. It goes back to this. A little lower. So we were in Cancer and now we're in Gemini. So that's a connecting sign. That's a pattern. A little lower down on the body is the clothes made out of camel hair or camelopardalis, which is a constellation in Gemini. So right now you have the head and the upper body so far. Now we're going to go to the next sign. Continuing the pattern, we're going to go to Taurus. A little lower on the body, you'll get his midsection, which is where you'd wear the belt. Taurus represents the bull and the female is the cow. The cow is where you get leather. 
regarding the belt, Orion's belt sits between Taurus and Gemini. So next would be the baptism. So how are we going to go from the beginning of Leo to a water sign, one of the two water signs, okay, in order to signify the baptism? You go across the zodiac. Cross signs as they are known are signs opposite location. For example, Aries and Libra are cross signs. This is very important. The signs, two most important signs are its two neighboring signs and its cross sign. This is encoded exclusively in the, in the Gospels. Here, we see how it makes from one leap to the other. The man with the water pitcher in Aquarius is personified as John the Baptist with the water. It's important to note, too, that John the Baptist and Jesus are always exactly six months apart. When you think about the fact that Jesus is born on December 25th and rises a degree a day, that must mean that John the Baptist is born on June 24th and decreases a degree a day. This is why in John 3.30, John says he must increase, but I must decrease. And it's also why St. John's Day, pull up any Catholic calendar, is exactly six months to the day of Christmas. Now, the next story is the temptation of Jesus. So we're going back to the Cancer Leo firmament. So we're going back across the Zodiac. So that's the day of July 24th. Okay. He's tempted for 40 days. So count 40 days. That's all you got to do. It's literally written in that way. So what's 40 days from July 24th? Takes you to September 2nd. That's right in the middle of Virgo. The lady with the wheat stalk, remember? Mm Mm-hmm. Matthew 4, 3, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Here we see mention of the bread, which tells you that the son is in Virgo. The next passage, Matthew 5, 17 and 22. I did not come to abolish the law. And if you were even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. That takes place in um, Libra, the law and the judgment. Okay. So that's basically what that is. Matthew 7, 15, and 16. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep. And can you pick up grapes from the thorn bushes? The sheep are the ram in Aries, and the grapes are in Libra. Once again, those are opposing signs. So moving along, Matthew 13. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. So the story now moves from Libra to the barrier between Aquarius and Pisces as he's right beside the lake. See, if it was physically in the water, he would be in one of the signs because he'd be in the water. Okay. Whereas he's beside the lake. So he's at the three day man, the three day part between them because he's beside the lake. He's beside both of them. Okay. It's cross sign is the Leo Virgo firmament. So you can talk about Leo. You can talk about lions. You can talk about cubs or Virgo. You can talk about grain, wheat, women, Girls, adult women, as it's across from Virgo, the wheat stalk and the grains, is it ironic that the next parables from Jesus are the wheat and the weeds? So there's the wheat, the mustard seed, there's the seed, and the yeast, again, having to do with bread. So moving right along, next is the fishing net parable. So we're going to go back from Leo Virgo to the cross sign of Aquarius Pisces, because it's now touching Pisces, the two fish. You can talk about the fishing net parable. Is this, is, are you still following this? I want to make sure that I'm, I'm following. Okay. Gemini is the sign of two men, technically twins. However, there's just a short mention of brothers in the next passage. He's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. This ends at the firmament of Gemini cancer. How do we know this? Okay. Now let me take you through this. We're in Gemini. We're talking about twins and brothers, right? Okay. Now, the firmament between Gemini and Cancer, 
You could talk about Gemini or you could talk about things in Cancer. If you follow that across the zodiac to its cross sign, what two signs are there? It's the it's the firmament of what two signs? I can't see it. Wait, say it again. From Gemini Cancer, if uh-huh. you go to its cross sign, what are the two signs? I can't see the opposite. It should be on the opposite side, right? Yeah. Uh, Capricorn is one of them, right? And what's the other one? Sagittarius. You see oh, okay. The- okay. Sorry. I, I thought I had to see the whole circle. Sorry. No. It's Gemini Cancer, right? That firmament, follow it across. It's the Sagittarius-Capricorn border. Gotcha. Okay. Now the Capricorn, Sagittarius-Capricorn border is a day called December 21st. And I mentioned that to you. Do you remember what happens December 21st? The sun reaches its lowest point. It's the death, right? So when you're talking, when it's in Sagittarius, you're talking about the death. The next story is the death of John the Baptist. So that's how you know you're in Sagittarius now to talk about the death. Okay. Let's take this sentence, which sounds like it could be in the Bible, but isn't. I'm going to show you how this is encoded. Okay. Let me just take a break from scripture for a sec. If I say to you, the rulers were divided between war and love. It split the land in half. You could read that as a literal translation. Or the ruling planet of Aries is Mars, who's the god of war. The ruling planet of Libra is Venus, who's the goddess of love. There's your war and love. If you connect it, it literally splits the zodiac or the land in half. Okay? Matthew 4, 17 and 32, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. The bread, Virgo, and the fish, Pisces, are opposing signs in the zodiac. So it makes another pattern. It's not just that they're randomly talking about zodiac signs here. They're forming very clear patterns constantly that I keep pointing out. Pisces is the two fish, which is why Jesus fed the masses with two fish. And as far as five loaves of bread, well, the year starts in Virgo. I mean, uh, in Aries. If you count five signs from Aries, you get to Virgo. That's why it's five loaves of bread. So this is the cross. This, when you connect the solstices and the equinox, it makes this pattern. Okay, It's the cross. Okay, of God's son. We were just in Virgo. Now next is Libra, which is law and wine. Remember, what stories do we get now? The story of the temple tax, the unforgiving debtor, divorce and marriage. So there's all the law stuff and the parable of the vineyard worker. There's the wine. There's just no mention of oil. Mm-hmm. Okay. As you could see at this point, how things are encoded and put plainly in sight. Then you were just in, you were in Virgo. Then you were in Libra. Next, uh, Next sign. Now you're in Scorpio, the betrayer. This is where Judas betrays Jesus with the kiss. Then Sagittarius with the day of death. This is where Jesus is crucified. Okay. Mm -hmm. Astrology is a language. If you understand this language, the sky speaks to you. Okay. And my friend, that is the first half of my presentation. I liked it, man. I thought that was cool. So, so <clears throat> kind of like meta zoomed out question then would be what oops wrong button what would be the not of of you but rather the i guess this is more like a big question creation question what would be the purpose was it was this all laid down in some in some perfect what is the point of is it like a like a swiss watch is it something that we're supposed to just be in the odd of god or is this something that is it a human creation to explain the own our own sort of uh, these static, unchanged like empires rise and fall, languages change, blah blah blah? But there are certain things, you know, uh, sex, birth, death, the crops, the you know, war, famine, love, wealth. There are these sort of permanent themes in the world, you know, like the well, sun the going down. To best answer that, like I'm looking 
looking at my computer right now, doing a podcast with you. I see it's 5.17 p.m. Mm-hmm. I see it's June 15th. So I know mm-hmm. it's close to the summer. So I know the days are going to be longer. Uh-huh. I can look at the weatherman on TV and get a half-assed answer for what the weather's going to be like tomorrow. They're not always right. Okay. And I'm not going to make a stupid joke about weatherman. Yeah. But basically, you, you get basic knowledge. They didn't have this back then. They had a sundial. They didn't have calendars. They didn't have smartwatches. They didn't have clocks. They didn't have pocket watches. They didn't have iPhones. Gotcha. They didn't have any of them. Okay. So you got to understand is what they had to do was they had to know things. We take for granted supermarkets because we get it from everywhere. But if you don't plant in a certain season, if, if the bull comes and you, you don't see the bull in the sky and you don't put the plow on the bull and you don't plant gotcha. the land, gotcha. you're not going to be able to harvest in Virgo and Libra. Okay, so what was the quote I read to you about John Dominic Croissant before, where you're talking about basically literal all this symbol? Yeah, yeah, the literal and the symbolic, right? What they did was they told fantastical stories about the sky because there was no there was no light pollution. They told amazing stories about the sky. You know, things going everywhere. They made gods out of it, and then what happens is that gets passed down, and eventually people start writing. People learn how to write, Hmm. and then that gets passed down, and then suddenly. All this stuff gets passed down because what's going to happen is you got to understand, Tommy, is if we ever, this is the, this is the big takeaway. Okay. I'll, I'll sum it up for you right here. If we ever go back to, if there's ever a nuclear war and we go back to zero hunting and gathering, you're going to be hunting. Okay. The women are going to be checking berries and plants to make sure what's poisonous. We're going to learn medicine over. We're going to learn fire. We're going to learn all that stuff all over again. Okay. If they ever had that and this book survived, and people knew how to read it, they could outline the sky. If you outline the sky, then you know your harvest season. If you know your harvest season and what you can do and plant and pick out all the time, um, then you're gro- then you're golden. So that's what they did. They wrote encoded books, okay, with this information. And even with this information, Tommy, this is still only one-seventh of what the Bible actually is. So only one-seventh is the, is the, uh, the zodiac. Is that what you're saying? Is this is the astrology correct? So there's the other six. So there's other. So it's like um, I'm trying to think of an analogy. It's like I don't know if you ever look at like survival stuff, or like survival gear. You know, you can have a rope, and that rope can also inside of its fishing line, inside of it's like a wick, and, so, and then you could have like a compass, which also has like a blade in it, which also doubles as this and doubles. It's kind of like your basic. It's like survival for the basic tenets of humanity. It's like you're not going to... What it basically is, the best way to explain it, Tommy, is it's it's the original Farmer's Almanac. Yeah, perfect. Per- well said. Yeah, it's not... It doesn't have doesn't have the blueprints for uh, an M1 Apple silicon chip, but it does say, hey, you need your food, you need your water, don't fuck around here, you got to do this, you're going to die, you got to have kids over here, yeah. watch out, all this yeah. good stuff. Yeah, it's your, it's your OG... Your emergency pack. Yeah. It's your uh now if you want to talk about if if you want to talk about how God fits into this, yeah. I don't believe in God in the sense of how religious people do. I don't believe the Bible is the word of God. I don't believe in it literally. I know too much to know that it's not the literal word. Yeah. These are what people wrote in order to make it interesting to other people. They got it in Christianity and Judaism, they got it in Egypt with the Book of the Dead, they got it with Islam, with the Quran. It doesn't matter, you know. Um <coughs> um, oh, where was I going with this? How does God come into it? Yeah, how does God come into it? The sun tells the hour of the day. 
The moon tells the day of the month. The zodiac tells the month of the year. It's a perfect sky calendar. It's a perfect calendar. It's a fingerprint of God. That's a fingerprint of creation. Yeah. So that 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 was my that was my original question is like what what's God's reasoning behind this? And it kind of seems like here's my perfect celestial Swiss watch. These ancient holy books. Okay? These ancient holy books all say the same thing. Let me just show you one thing real quick. Sure. Right here. These are the books I've decoded. The same way I just did Matthew. The Book of Matthew, Revelation, Enoch, Jubilees, Gospel of Thomas, Mary Magdalene, Melchizedek, Philip, Judas, Gospel of John, Book of Psalms, Gospel of Q, the Book of Mormon. Books not biblically related, not Gnostic texts. The Emerald Tablets of Thoth, the Enuma Elish, the Epic of Gilgamesh, the Code of Hammurabi, the Quran, the Egyptian Book of the Dead. I've gone through all of these and I found the patterns and I have PowerPoints for every single one. Okay. To basically show that this is the true science. This is the original science. So it's, it's, it's the OG Farmer's Almanac, right? It is the OG Farmer's Almanac, yeah. It's, it doesn't matter what race you are, what millennia you're alive in, like you still got to know to cook meat, right? Doesn't like, it? Yeah. Clean the wound, the basic stuff, boil the water. Yes. I like it. I think it's badass, man. What got you, uh, I know we got like, I don't know, five, we can do five more minutes. What do you, um, oh, um yes, um, what got you into it then? What's what, what, you know, like I, I got things. into like about 10 years ago. I've only been teaching this for two years, sure, but I've been studying it for about eight years for 10 years. Um, I just saw a YouTube video one time from a guy named Jordan Maxwell. And, uh, he was talking about this, obviously not to the depth that I did. Yeah. I was gonna I say, didn't he, didn't he just die? Yeah. He just passed. Yeah. Yeah. I've, and I got I've, to know him towards the end of his life. But my work, oh, really? is, my work, yeah, my work is slightly different than his, but I always give credit. Like in my PowerPoints, there's always one or two slides from him or Santos Bernacci. I don't, I don't know I, uh, too I much of Maxwell. I remember watching a lecture of his or a story of his like two, three years ago, something about Area 51. I don't know much more than that. I just, I remember seeing recently that he passed. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of he he started putting it all together, and I'm just following his work. You know, I became, I realized this is what I wanted to do. So what I did do is I wrote uh, a book series. It's called Into the Rabbit Hole by okay. Micah Dank. It's six books are out so far. The seventh is coming out in three weeks. And the eighth is coming out in like three months. Um, I have a publishing deal. I have an open-ended publishing deal. Oh, yeah. Um, so they, they'll print whatever I want. I also have a kid's astrology book. Uh, these books go into conspiracy. Let me, let me just read to you read to you real quick what topics discussed in my book series gematria etymology numerology astronomy astrology astrotheology out-of-body experiences the akashic records symbology remote viewing religious secrets capstones of the pyramids mystery school channelers near-death experiences dmt monitoring lucid dreaming acoustic levitation physics and quantum physics psychotherapy psychology spiritual guides and shared dreaming and crystal technology conspiracies that not many people know about corruption in secret societies there's also alchemy in it there's uh that's not all of it but basically what i've did is i've written dan brown da vinci code type thrillers where the characters discover all this information that i'm telling you in order to make this um more palpable for people who haven't been red-pilled yet or people who um 
are just starting out as newbies, you don't want to bombard them all at once with this kind of information because it can, it can terrify you. It can scare you. It can make you lose your mind. Um, so I do it in a soft way through my book series. Do you know what um, the Svalbard Seed Vault is? It's uh yeah, that's what that's actually uh the plot of one of my books. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's got for everybody that, that doesn't know what it is. It's like it's like all the seeds of the world, and they're it's in like a nuclear. Yeah, in one of my books, in one of my books, a very evil uh, corporation decides that um they're gonna blow it up. Yeah, it's so it's basically like if shit hits the fan, it's like a reset for like I guess like the the biosphere. Um. I remember thinking of this in like the first maybe hundred episodes I did. I, I interviewed a sci-fi author and we kind of brainstormed. This was like two and a half years ago. We were thinking like something like it wasn't quite what you were saying about the farmer's almanac and kind of, but it'd be everything you're talking about right now is basically like basic measurements, like the physician's desk, desk reference along that line. But the idea would be like, you know how we put that like golden platter on the front of the Voyager 2 spacecraft and we launched it yeah. out to the stars. Well, we're thinking like, what if you'd have to make something that could survive re-entry, but it would be like, you would make like a concentric circle of, of satellites of basically like, I don't know, something made of like tungsten that had all of this inscribed on it. And you'd put them in decaying orbits. And every year you would kind of almost like a dead man switch. You would turn the rockets back on and push it back out. But in the case of like, there being a world ending event like an Ebola or a, a, an asteroid, these things would decay and then they would just kind of start crashing on different continents. People would think it was like a message from God, but really it would just be like this big metal block and it would be like, hey, here are the basics. That's something I still think about. It'd be like, that's what you would, if all else failed, you would just want something that would just come and you could, because you could mathematically determine where it's going to crash, just have it hit like a mountainside or have it land on all the different continents to make sure everybody got it but this is kind of fitting two and a half years later this is kind of fitting into it um you know that you can uh you can encode everything into dna strands right yeah and they and they can also do it on like sands of or grains of like sand or something like they can really inscribe it onto everything something like that cool stuff yeah that's what i was thinking something like that i don't know um but hey micah i thoroughly enjoyed this i have a my next guest is entering so i gotta run in a second but um i'll send you an email and this is up it'll be up later this evening thank you so much for coming on man that was badass i'd absolutely love to do a part two i think that was genuinely fascinating it was a it was a cool departure from my normal podcast and uh i didn't know what, what we were getting into but i thoroughly enjoyed it i can say i thoroughly enjoyed it Thanks. Yeah. So just to let everybody know, I'm on uh, I'm on Twitter at Real Mr. Dank, spell out Mr. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Micah Dank. Just friend me, follow me. I sell autographed copies of my books. I'll send you if you go to YouTube and you type in Micah Dank, just go to my channel. Please subscribe and just watch all this information, you know, because I have all this stuff. You'll see how it's the same pattern for everything. Shoot me an email, write what you literally want. Just say like Micah Dank is tell me who you are, put the links in there and I will literally copy and paste that. And that will be the description. That's what I do with all the guests where I'm basically like you write your own description and I'll just copy and paste it. All the links you want, whatever you want, put it in there and I'll put it in here. You got it. So yeah, if you, if you could do, if you could do that like right now, cause I got another episode, I'll put it in. 
I'll put the ep- episode will be up in like, I don't know, two, three hours, and then I'll send it to you and uh, we'll schedule another one, man. Glad you, I'm glad you, uh, you found it interesting. I, I thought it was fucking cool, man. I like it. I enjoy above all else. And this is something I noticed like early on in the podcast. I'm passionate about talking to people who are passionate about something because there is like a, there's like a spark. And I like that. It's a thorough, it's a, it's a genuine appreciation of existence. And uh, you got it, man. Thanks for coming on. I'll send you an email. Send me the email for your links in the description. Guys, go check them out. I'll make sure to follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. And until next time, thank you so much, man. Thanks, brother. Talk to you soon.